0: praise god we're so glad that we could come and worship him okay he alone is worthy and not just today when we come together to worship he alone is worthy all the days of our life and let that to be uh, always motivating us to worship him and this morning i want to share with you from god's word from the book of matthew chapter one uh, the bible contains the story and history of many great men and women of faith. Their exploits are legendary. In this world of show pomp and glory, God celebrates simplicity. You understand? We the people celebrate pomp, glory, show-off. But God celebrates simplicity. The Bible says God's eyes run to and fro towards the whole earth. And his eyes fall on simple people also. Not just on great people but also on simple people. And God honors simple faith and faithfulness. That should really uh, challenge us all the time. God honors faith and faithfulness. And Christmas story is about simplicity. Christmas story is about care. Christmas story is about love. Christmas story is about giving. And Christmas story is about kindness. I repeat. Christmas story is about simplicity. Christmas story is about care. Christmas story is about love. Christmas story is about giving. And Christmas story is about kindness. And I want to share from God's word about a silent hero in the Christmas story. I'm sure you would have guessed by now. Can anybody guess? Silent hero in the Christmas story. Joseph. Wow, thank you. Joseph, from the life of Joseph. I want to, you to turn your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 to 25, I want to read to you. Please, if you want to be turned, you could just follow. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Amazing. Uh, you know, uh, I was trying to read about this. Uh, and uh, one writer said, there are nearly seven songs about Mary, regarding Christmas, you know, in the hymnals, but none about Joseph. Uh, But there was one song about Joseph, but that paragraph where Joseph is mentioned also removed in the most uh, popular of all the um, uh, hymnals. Now, that's not a big thing, but Joseph is a silent hero. Okay, he's a silent hero. And it's very interesting when you go through the life of Joseph, the things that he was involved in the Christmas story. And the Bible, I want to read to you again from Matthew, verse 18 and 19 of Matthew 1. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and they did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Imagine when Mary told Joseph about her pregnancy. He must have been shocked and pained. He was betrothed or he was engaged to be married. In the Jewish culture, I am sure you would have heard or read. How uh, they engage and then they wait for a year or so before they get married. And um, even if their engagement is broken, it can be only a divorce. Okay, a legal divorce. Uh, It can't be just silently... Uh, breaking away. So here, when he heard that his would-be is pregnant, the Bible says that he was he had decided to put her away privately, very secretly, not to expose her to public disgrace. I'm sure he must have felt anger inside him, maybe confusion. He was a human like you and me, and uh, frustration. He would be he he would have been embarrassed. He would. Be, faced, uh, he would have thought of shame, <coughs> rage, disappointment and uh, he could not accept his wife's pregnancy because the Bible says he wanted to divorce. He just couldn't accept it at all and uh, he wanted to do the right thing. The right thing is to put her away. Okay. In, according to the Old Testament law, if you read, if someone who is engaged is pregnant outside of marriage or before marriage or with someone else, that means the man had the right to divorce her, and uh, that was in the law. And he wanted to do it. He wanted to do the right thing, but he wanted to do it in the right way. That's beauty. And no, that is he didn't want to disgrace her. He didn't want to put her to public shame, and he wanted to put her out, put her away privately. And um, it showed that he was really concerned about her uh, dignity. He acted in love in respect you know there was dignity in his decision in what he was doing and uh, if he had exposed her to public uh, publicly he had taken her to the religious sense and said this is the girl I have been engaged and she is now pregnant and you decide what to do the bible says that the penalty for that is death they will stone her to death so he, would have, he had every right to do it but he was trying to do it in a in a very respectful way a loving way and above all I felt it was an act of extreme kindness. It was an act of extreme kindness not to expose her to public disgrace. And uh, the Bible says in 20 and uh, 21 after he had considered this but After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you have to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. He was a man who heard from God. Here from this passage we know that he was a man who heard from God directly. God spoke to him. God spoke to him through an angel. And if you read the Bible, it was uh, from Malachi to Matthew, they say it's a silent period. There was no prophet uh, there to bring the message of God. And before God could speak to Joseph, God God had spoken to Zechariah and Elizabeth, you know, through the angel. And after this, this is happening. So there was nothing, uh, 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 nothing common, which uh, he had known earlier. Uh, nothing common which he has seen in his community so joseph listens to something and he listens to the angel of god and god speaks to him and tells him do not be afraid and luke mentions uh, that many times joseph heard from god you know even after that after you were after jesus was born uh, the angel spoke to him in vision through dreams god spoke to him and led him. so he had a spiritual experience with god and uh, he continued to hear from God. That's another beautiful thing. And then going to verse 22 and 23 to 25. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. Here uh, Matthew the writer introduces this introduction. Earlier all, all the conversation that was happening between Joseph and God or through the, the, through the angel. And now he inserts a small commentary saying this. This took place. That which was fulfilled. uh, This was fulfilled. That which was spoken through the Lord. Through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God with us. He was quoting from the book of Isaiah. Now verse 24. When Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage. Until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. And here you find that he broke the tradition. He had to wait for some time to get Mary home as his wife. But as soon as the angel spoke to him, the Bible says he took Mary as his wife. And he was obedient to God and he took Mary as his wife. Even though it was definitely going to be humiliating to him. Just imagine. People are not going to believe. And uh, people are not going to accept that uh, he is getting married his family would have been against it but you know something even after 30 years after Jesus was born this humiliation did not leave the Jews looked to Jesus in Matthew, John chapter 8 and verse 19 and they said where is your father you know it was a very snide remark it was not a question you know it was a mockery saying that you don't know who your father is that's what it is uh, but Jesus answered and said, you do not know me, know my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Jesus answered plainly about himself. But you find that the unwed the mother bringing Jesus into the world, even after 30 years, the humiliation was there. You can imagine what humiliation Joseph would have faced in his life. And choosing God's will exposed him and his family to the danger of being killed by none other than the ruler of the country, Herod. Herod was after the, after the baby and in turn he was after the family and they have to flee to different uh, country altogether, Egypt. You know, he was only a carpenter. It was really a struggle for him. He had to leave his family surroundings. And take his wife and his young baby and run to a foreign country. And the Bible says he was also a carpenter. Joseph was a carpenter. Matthew chapter 13 verse 55 if you read. He is son of a carpenter. And not highly qualified. But remember if you read Matthew 1 he comes from the genealogy of who? David. Solomon. Solomon who had... So much of gold. David who had so much of gold. So much of silver. So much of property. That was David. That was Solomon. His son. And now in that line is who? Joseph. And what is he? An ordinary carpenter. You know, look at his background. And uh, imagine, you know, my great, 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 great grandfather was, uh, you know, Mysore king. Okay. And now I ride one cycle with It will be. You know, you you understand. You know, it's like that. You know, he had so much. His forefathers had so much. And now he is reduced to be a carpenter. And uh, I feel that Joseph was also very godly. The Bible says so. Now Joseph also took his family to Jerusalem for the Passover on a regular basis. You can read that in the book of Luke where when Jesus was 12 years old, he had taken the family, he had taken Jesus there. for the Passover to Jerusalem and after he was dead and gone Jesus followed the tradition for in the Bible we find that how in the gospel Jesus was going to Jerusalem for the Passover uh, several times in his life at least in the three and a half years that he lived the Bible mentions uh, that he went to Jerusalem for the Passover so I find Joseph the silent hero he did the right thing in the right way he acted with love and respect he could hear from God He took risks to follow God and to do God's will. He was protective of his family. He was very devout. And above all, he was very kind to Mary. He was very kind to Mary. And our silent hero did not want to disgrace his wife. And he wanted to act with respect and love. Remember that. I wanted to emphasize that. This is a very unkind world. Rude. And selfish. You know recently I was in a place. We were trying to put up a shed in a slum. To teach the children. And in negotiations I was talking to the landowner. He was a young boy. Very young boy. So I was trying to talk to him. And you know reduce the rent. And you know what he said. He said listen sir. For me everything now is money. The world is wanting only money. I am not going to listen to any of your. Reasonings and all that. Who you're doing, what you're doing. All that I wanted is money. That's how the world is. On first of this month, he calls me, where is my rent? You understand? Where is my rent? So you find this is a very unkind world. Not asking for rent is wrong. But I'm saying the way he said it, he explained himself and he said, I want money. Money is everything. This is a rude world. People, they insane little girls make them pregnant and throw them and go away. This is a cruel world, a dirty world. Murder due to religious and language differences. And you know that recently there were at least three, four murders that is mentioned in India where the body has been cut into different pieces, chopped off after murder, throwing at different, different places. You know, when a dog is hit on the road, we are not able to go and see that side. You know, we are not able to turn that side. Even, you know, our pets are not well, we fall, we, we fall sick. Right? I am sure some of you, you know, how uh, uh, Pastor, uh, Dr. George Edward was saying that the tribals were praying even for the hens and uh, uh, goats. You know, I prayed for my hen, okay, by the way. So, Naomi and Ruth and Boaz, these people showed kindness to each other in the world that was so selfish. And today, my dear brother, my dear sister, I wanted to focus on this one quality. Kindness. Christmas message has got so many things. But one thing we will take out today and that is being kind. Being kind. Very difficult. Very difficult. You know, Somerset Morgan was an English writer. And he had a very beautiful mother. His mother was very beautiful, extraordinarily beautiful. That's what uh, they, they say. And his father, that's her, uh, her husband, uh, was extraordinarily ugly. OK, two different poles. So somebody looked, the family member looked to her and asked, how come you are so beautiful, extraordinarily beautiful, married such an ugly man? She said, he has never hurt my feeling even once. He has never hurt my feeling even once. You know what it chose. Kindness. Kindness. My dear brother, my dear sister, how can Joseph have such amazing godly qualities? How can Joseph have it? It's important that we go through this. The Bible says in 19, because Joseph, her husband, was Faithful to the law. The reason given is because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. And uh, not only he was faithful to the law, the Bible in another translation says he was a righteous man. He was a just man. He was a righteous man. He was a just man. He was faithful to the law. What does righteous mean in this context? His ways of thinking, feeling and acting is wholly confirmed to the will of God. His way of feeling, way of thinking and way of acting confirmed to the will of God. In other words, he was guiltless. And King James, New King James Version says in verse 19 that he was a just man. And uh, man was thinking, feeling and acting
1: went along
0: with what God wanted him to be. What God wanted him to be. And the righteousness in the Old Testament. It's important we see that. Righteousness in the Old Testament. Is the fulfillment of a demand of a relationship. Whether that relationship. Is between man and man. Or man and God. You know it's a fulfillment. Of the demands of a relationship. And uh, generally. A righteous man in the Old Testament. This is speaking for the Old Testament context. Uh, in Israel was a man. Who preserved the peace and Wholeness of the community. Because it was he who fulfilled the demands of the communal living. He was contributing to the peaceful community living. He cared for others. He showed affection for others. He showed kindness to others. He cared for the poor, the fatherless, the widow. You know about Job. He was called as a righteous man. You know there was something that was flowing out from him. That was a blessing to others. And he was a good steward of his land and work. He took care of his animals. The people who worked for him. And he lived in peace with his neighbours. And when a righteous man, the Bible says is an authority, people rejoice. So when we talk about righteousness, these are some of the things that we see about a righteous person. But it's above all else, it is accepting the unconditional lordship of God, Yahweh. In the Old Testament. They accept him as the Lord. Because the Bible says very clearly. Also in Psalms 143 and verse 2. A contradictory statement. It says no man living is righteous before him. No man living is righteous before him. But the Bible says he was a just man. He was a righteous man. How do you relate these two? What it means is. Is dependency on God's grace. You understand? He is, he is not a perfect man. He had his own flaws. But God sees him as a righteous man because he was looking to God for his mercy and kindness, forgiveness, cleansing. And as he was depending on God, on, his, on, on, on giving those sacrifices, being faithful to the law. Giving those sacrifices and accepting yes I am a sinner. I cannot accept God except through these offerings which the blood that has to be shed. If Because he has done that the Bible calls him a righteous person. He was accepting what God was giving to him. It was not because he was righteous he was doing this. Okay sorry. Not because he was doing this he was righteous. But because he was righteous these things were flowing through him. I hope you are able to get the message. Because he was righteous, these things were flowing through him. Not because he was doing this, he was righteous. His righteousness came because of God. He came from God. You understand? That's very, very important. If, if you and I don't look to God for his righteousness to flow into us, then we will only be thinking of pleasing God with this, with that, and trying to attain God's righteousness to our works. Which is which the Bible condemns, which the Bible hates, and the Bible tells us in the New Testament that we are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know, think of a pipe that is connected to a sewage tank, another pipe that is connected to a water tank, stream water. I'm sure. If it is connected to a clean water, clean water will flow. Connected to a sewage tank, sewage will flow. Similarly in our lives, we are connected to the living God through the person of Jesus Christ. And His righteousness flows into us. We accept not that we can live the way we want. Because His righteousness is flowing through us, we have an obligation to respond to that righteousness. to that righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Verses 17 to 21. I want to read this to you. say, 2nd Corinthians 5. 17 to 21. If you have your Bibles. Please turn. it uh, And go through this. If therefore if any, any man be in Christ as a new creature. All things are passed away. Where all things have become new. And all things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. All things have become new. How? Because all things come from God. That's what he said. And all things are of God. Not man's righteousness. It flows from God. And he has given us three things. If you read the passage. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. First one. And then he goes on to say. Verse 19. With that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing the trespasses unto them. And that committed unto us the message of reconciliation, the word of reconciliation. He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He has given us the message of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ as though God did deceive you by us. We pray you in Christ be reconciled to God. He saying, now he has given us, he has made us to be the leader, messengers of reconciliation. So, the, the, how it happens? Because of his righteousness, because of his righteousness, Joseph was able to show the kindness. Why? Because he was connected with God. That kindness flowed. God was so kind to him, accept him in spite of his sinfulness. God was able to accept him. He was able to show kindness to Mary, and uh, the Bible says in Second Corinthians three, I'm sorry, uh, uh, verse twenty-one, second. 2nd uh, Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 For it made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we, may be, that we may be made the righteousness of God in him. So each time you know, you feel inadequate in your life all that you and I have to do is Lord I thank you for accepting me as I am. I believe that I am accepted because of your love your sacrifice and in respond to that. Give me the grace give me the strength to live that life that you want me to live. A dependency on God. Today we find um, you know the US stores are also in, in, in nowadays online you find 10 ways of doing this, 5 ways of doing this, 6 ways or 3 ways of doing it. There's no method, there's only one way. There's a way of Christ. Amen. Way of Christ. Connecting with Him. Connecting with Him. And He will begin to do that work. Second Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. The Bible tells us so beautiful. Now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty, deliverance. And we, who with unveiled faces, all reflect the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into his image with intensifying glory. Which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. You know who's who's doing it? Who's transforming us? Myself? No. The Spirit of God. So at this Christmas time, when you and I think of kindness, we should ask God, Lord, you transform me into that likeness, your kindness. And the Bible says very clearly that the kindness of God, Romans chapter 2, the kindness of God brings us to repentance. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, the Bible tells us that kindness of God leads us to repentance. You know, we all enjoy lime, lemons, lemons we enjoy. But you know, it was man-made, you know that? Isn't it surprising? Man-made, lemons are man-made. Okay, let me tell you what, how it, You know, there's a citron fruit. Okay, it's got a very thick rind. And there's a bitter orange. Very difficult to eat that. So man had brought both together and bringing out what? line, which all of us enjoy. For nearly over a thousand years, it has been, uh, you know, it's been used for more than a thousand years. Now think of it. Bitter orange and citron, which has got a thick rind. To make it palatable, man could make something bring together and do it. When I was reading the story, I thought, how much God can do it in our life. He has everything, all the qualities of kindness. And all that God wants us is to come to him, believe in his righteousness, believe in his sacrifice. And Christmas is that, is for you and me to be transformed into his likeness. And the Bible says, Joseph named Jesus named the baby as Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins their people from their sins his people from their sins so the people of Israel from their sins so that to them salvation come to us now the gospel has come to you and me why? to save us from our sins from our rudeness from our hard-heartedness from our uncaring the wrong attitude towards the people who are in the world who are suffering. And uh, God has been kind to all of us to save us from our eternal death. And it is the kindness of God. The kindness of God. Do not keep this kindness of God to yourself and myself. There is something that God wants us to be. And Joseph. When he showed the kindness of God, you know, he accepted God's righteousness and responded in kindness, he was, in fact, cooperating with God to bring salvation to the world. Salvation to the world. Now, in your life and my life, we can show kindness to our neighbors, to our friends, to our family members, to someone known to us. We as pastors, you can show kindness. We as Pastor, we can show kindness to you. But those are all very simple ones. Okay, there's nothing very big. The kindness that you can show within the community. You know, it is it is understandable. But there is a world outside that is dying without Jesus. A world outside that, is, that does not know God. And the Bible tells us very clearly, you and I have a responsibility. How can you and I show kindness to the world outside? I was listening recently to a video, a, a sermon, a very short sermon, about 15 minutes or 10 minutes. And they were talking about various men of God, how God used them. And all that they did was, depending on God, crying out to God in prayer. If you and I want to show kindness to the world outside, I want to challenge you as the years coming to an end. Make up a resolve in your heart. Lord, I want to show kindness to the world. I want to be part of your plan for this world. I want to take this Christmas message to the world. How? Get involved mainly in the life of prayer, prayer life. Get involved in the missions prayer. I want to challenge you. You and I, what we give for God, money, what we do for God, our acts are all good. God is happy. But more than that, God is happy when our hearts are lined in tune with God's heart. He wants the world to be saved. And the Bible tells us, even though we all have the forgiveness of sins, yet we all carry the guilt of the blood of others in our hands. There's a frightening scripture in Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 18. Sorry, Christmas message. It has to have a scripture like this. But it's part of scripture. It says in Ezekiel 3.18 When I say to the wicked person, you will surely die. And you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways in order to save their life. That wicked person will die for their sin. And I will hold you accountable for Their blood. I will hold you accountable for their blood. You know something? The blood of others we have to give account. We have have to give an account. I have to give an account. You all have to give an account. Read that chapter. Read even chapter, other chapters in Ezekiel. Powerfully Ezekiel. God tells Ezekiel, share, tell this to the people. You have to do this. And he goes and does it. He goes and uh, do what God tells him to do. You know, my father was from a Hindu background, and he accepted Christ. And after a few year, after a few months, maybe one and a half years or so, I accepted Christ. I was 19 years old. I accepted Christ. After accepting Christ, it was always confusing to me. Now how? Why? How did God touch my father? Okay, and uh, my father was a Hindu. How did he accept Jesus as his personal Savior? It was a big moderation and uh, I knew my mother's side, they were all from Christian background but uh, they were not very evangelical or you know, ministry minded. They were going to church and coming, not my mother but others and it was very calm and very quiet. Nobody shared, I've heard anybody sharing the gospel with my father or mother or with me. So it was really, tra- it was really challenging my mind. How, how did God do it? How kind God is? But then I remember my father was mentioning about, I mean, to one of his colleagues to my mother when he was alive. And uh, he used to tell about uh, this person. He was a very godly person, mentioned his name many times, and uh, used to talk about him. And after my father died, one day I met that man. And uh, I introduced myself and I said, I'm, I'm uh, son of so and so. And immediately the man cried, the godly man cried, and Spirit of God, I feel. Impressed upon my heart, this man must have prayed for my father. You understand? Because this man had a burden. He, he, I, I think you must have shared the gospel of my father also. But my father never accepted it. He was always, you know, not always he used to drink. He had the jaundice, and then he died. But the point is, there was someone who had prayed. Even if he had not, that friend has not prayed. I know somebody has prayed for the salvation of my. My dear brother, my dear sister, Tuesday mornings, you and I have a mission prayer. A little bit of change. Please don't ever think it's only for pastors and people who have plenty of time to spare. Don't, never ever think that. You and I have to give importance to this of taking, showing kindness to the world outside, in the world that needs Jesus, that needs. The gospel. And you and I. Will be a great blessing. This Christmas season. As we come to a close, As we celebrate the kindness of God. Towards you and me. As we exchange gifts. On the 18th. And as we celebrate together. Rejoice together. Let this challenge you and me. Let's not think that we will get away. With just being Sunday Christians. There is something more. God is calling you and me. May not may, uh, may not God ask us immediately, but one day he will ask of the blood of every person from our hands. He said, I gave you a Christmas message. I gave you a Christmas after Christmas. You celebrated my birth, but you never bothered about showing kindness to the world outside. To show kindness to the world outside, Joseph went along with the will of God. It was hard for him. It was humiliating for him. It was not easy to take a baby in that winter to go all the way to Egypt. Or even if it's not winter, go all the way to Egypt. To live in a community that he did not know. And then come back after two years. To start life afresh. Leave us still carpentry. Why? Because he aligned himself with the will of God. Will of God. And it started with the act of kindness. He showed us to Mary. May God challenge you and me. Our money, our education, our jobs, our cars, our homes, our wealth, our social standing. Everything will be nothing before God one day. You and I have to stand with fear and trembling. That's what the Bible, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And the judgment of God will begin in the house of God. Please note that. House of God. It will stand, begin to stand, it will begin in the house of God. That is, you and I will be accountable. I'm not frightening. God laid this upon my heart. I wanted to share this. God loves you and me. And God, I said, the righteousness goes from God. All that God is asking, respond to my righteousness. I'm kind to you. God said, respond to my kindness. Said, last week we heard a beautiful sermon. He said, because of God he is a God of power, God of glory. Okay. And God who cares for him, he says, because of that, with that in mind, let's take part of the communion. Because he has done that for you and me. And God is asking this in response to what he has done for you and me on the cross of Calvary. May God help you and me to respond to this. Kindness. Kindness. Ask God, Lord, help me to have a kind heart and help me to show that the outside world. I can be kind to my family, to my in-laws, to my neighbors, to my friends, to the pastors, to my uh, congregation. Lord, I want to be kind to the world outside and help me to involve myself in seeking your face for them. I'm sure the Lord will use us. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, we thank you for helping us to remember there was one man who could show unusual kindness to Mary. And thank you for helping him to cooperate with you, to accept your ways and your will. And because of that, Lord, today the world has got the message. We thank you for the silent hero, for what you have done in his heart. The Bible says he was a just man, and that justification flows from you. And today, in the New Testament era, now in our lives, our righteousness flows from you. I don't need to do anything to please you. I have to believe you to please you. Trust you to please you. Thank you, Lord. You finished everything on the cross of Calvary. You showed your kindness. The Bible says, the kindness of God that brings salvation to the world has appeared. Lord, I pray that you would help us, me and everyone you gathered, to take this message deep in our hearts to reorganize our timing, our life never to think this is not for me this is for me, it's for everyone Lord I pray that we will be able to respond to your kindness to your righteousness to be kind to a world outside who does not know you and as we do that Help us to see your will being fulfilled in this world. Thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.